it's about to get heavy. I'm talking in your face. Ain't no holding back. Better watch out. Gloves are coming off, baby. Ah, yeah, that digging needs a throat punch. Jesus, please move on somebody. Lord, he needs some prayer. Bless his heart. You know, nowadays, people care more about themselves and their kingdom than they ever cared about God and His. Can I get an amen? Why don't you step into my shoes, buckle up in my chair, and sit behind my desk for a day? We're about to get started, so grab some popcorn. It's time for Behind the Desk with me, your boy, Pastor Jay Kelly. Let's get ready to roll, y'all. But before we get started, give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Desk with JK. We've got a good one for you today, folks. This guy that I'm going to introduce to you, I came across this gentleman on Instagram. It's Dre Day Ministry, and he's putting out a lot of really good content that's true. It's relatable, which is key. And his videos, I mean, they're great quality. Uh, it's like it has a spoken word feel. And I'm looking forward to just jumping right into this, this interview. So let's welcome Dre Stewart. Dre, man, I appreciate you taking the time to be on this show uh, with us, man. I know you got a busy schedule, but I, I appreciate you setting aside a little bit of time for me. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me and reaching out to me. Yes, sir. Uh, so, Dre, give us a little bit of your background, man. You can start at birth or you can start at, you know, wherever you feel like starting out at. Okay. Um, well, I live in uh, I live in Ohio. We'll start there. And um, yeah, man, uh, I guess, you know, just to keep with keep it on the subject, um, I was raised in the church. Um not from the start, you know, uh, my parents had their fair share of afflictions and struggles and traumas, uh, that they tried their best to stop from bleeding into us kids' lives. And, um, I'd say I was probably 13 when my, my parents received salvation and found the Lord in their life. And, you know, I remember just the, the shift that happened and I guess I didn't think about it too much through the years. Um, but you know, whenever I finally got to a place in my life where I started processing, like what happened to me, I just remember that it, it was dark, man. It was, it was really dark. You know, the darkness that they had dwelling in their hearts, uh, definitely, uh, bled into us kids. And, you know, so I experienced the transformation power of the Holy spirit, um, at a young age. And, uh, I, I had my first encounter with the Lord uh, around that time, too. You know, I, I'll never forget it. I was in my church pew and, you know, my parents, especially my mom, she was real uh, protective. So there was never any leaving her side. It was always, you know, if I'm somewhere, you're with me type stuff. Right. So every time they went to church, we went to church. And when the Holy Spirit was moving on them, we went to church a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so they got saved at a revival and we had been going to church pretty much every day. Uh, for a while. And 
So I can remember, you know, being at church, hearing the preachers, and I never really listened to them. I never got involved. I stayed in the back of my own little world. And it was just something about this day, man. I'm sitting in the church pew with my sister and my brother. And and it was like this preacher was just talking to me. And uh, I, I felt it in my heart that I was a sinner destined for hellfire. And Jesus Christ was my savior. And I didn't Amen. know who Jesus was. I didn't know what to do. I just knew that I needed him. And I hit my knees right there, man, and was praying. And one of those ugly prayers, I came up and had snot running down my face. And my sister ran and got my mom and says, there's something wrong with Dre. <laughs> so she's coming over and talking to me. And and I prayed to the Lord, man. Uh, that's, you know, I prayed to the Lord every night after that. And I remember the day that I was praying and I feel like I didn't have anything to be sorry for. And I believe uh, that's when the enemy moved in and, and told me, like, the work's done and you, you don't got to keep doing this. And uh, that was when I began to pursue the world or the world, you know, revealed itself to me and took, took me away from it. But I, I do believe, looking back, that my relationship and with, with Christ and being led by the Holy Spirit was supposed to start then. And... Uh, it was really unique to me because there was no one really in my friend circle or anyone that I knew uh, at all that I could relate to whose family was in church or who, you know, knew Jesus or had any kind of similar experience. So I just kind of got pushed to the back burner. Felt like you were on an island, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's the story of my life. <laughs> just set apart from the rest. Look at my hair. <laughs> and see, like, I, I was going to get into that a little bit later, but uh, you bring it up now. I mean, that's something that um, I don't particularly like that the church does as far as putting judgment, uh, so to speak, on people. Um, you know, some churches you have to dress a certain way. You have to bring a certain translation of the Bible to that church. It's the only one they believe in kind of thing. But, you know, I've used this example before. What if you're on vacation, at, say the beach or whatever, and the only thing you have are Bermuda shorts and a Hawaiian shirt? I mean, when you go to the beach, you don't pack a suit for church. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if you walk in and Bermuda shorts, flip flops and a Hawaiian shirt, you're going to get some ugly looks from some of the church members, depending on what church you walk into. Um, but see, that's what is so relatable about you is, I mean, you, you have the hair, you've got the tattoos and I mean, I'm not against tattoos at all. My brother's a former tattoo artist has 30 some tattoos on him. Uh, my old or my other brother has tattoos, my sister, but she had tattoos and it's just like, I mean, who cares about that stuff? I mean, that stuff should not matter as far as the way we look, if we're coming to serve, that's the only thing that matters. Dude, you're rocking Jordans. I mean, that's awesome uh, to be able to, to show people that church people aren't a bunch of stiffs. It's not a stigma. We can yeah. be ourselves the way that God wired us to be and yet still serve him. Yeah, That's one of the things that I think um, makes you – uh, someone that can reach people that other people can't. I mean, I, I'm from the country, so I can reach country people. Um, I know some people that are that are from the city, and, and they can reach city people. Um, and and you've got 
that look that you can reach people that I can't reach, that the city guy can't reach. And and it's awesome, man. I, I absolutely love it how we can all be a modge podge and we all come together and we're all working for the same team for the same goal. Yeah. Yeah, I've faced, I've faced a lot of judgment uh, because of the way I do or don't dress. And, you know, I think a lot of it just boils down to a, a lack of understanding and um, people holding on to traditional things and not really understanding that it's not mm-hmm. what we do um, that grants us salvation. We're saved by, by grace and, and mercy alone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm in school of ministry and, and the pastor that leads it was given a lecture last week about uh, just like military takeover. And whenever you invade a country uh, to take it over, you have to gain influence. Oh, yeah. And so he's speaking on like whatever um, territory you've been assigned you're to gain influence. And, and like you said, um, people that look like me might not look at or listen to clean cut people and people that are clean cut might not listen to people like me. And there, there's a there's a place for all of us. We've been assigned different territories. And you know, he was just speaking that we're supposed to climb to the top of our mountain to gain as much influence as we can. Because if you can influence someone, you can get them to go the direction that you're headed. And if we're following Christ, that's the mission. Exactly. Um, you know, Paul said, be all things unto all men. And you have your particular mission field that you are the one that that's sowing the seed and harvesting and watering and all those things um, that the rest of us aren't assigned to. So I like that that you brought in. You have your assignment that uh, that you understand and, and that you're going after. Uh, now, you did mention about, you know, you had faced your judgment um, because of your appearance and stuff, um, you know. Has most of your interaction with uh, Christians been the same or have you been able to meet some that uh, aren't as, let's say, traditional, like you said, or maybe uh, not so much legalistic? Yeah, absolutely. I would say more of the people that I've encountered uh, personally have been, you know, set free from a lot of the bondage of tradition and um, things of that nature people who don't really understand uh, the gospel and we'll look past all of that stuff. I mean, if you really look at Jesus's uh, journey, I mean, he didn't really hang out with the cool crowd, I guess you could say. I mean, he was hanging around with tax collectors and prostitutes and the poorest of the poor because that's who Jesus came to say was, I mean, all of us, but he started there for a reason. Um, I'll be honest, man. I, I've been in ministry uh, full-time for eight years and uh, coming up on my 12th year altogether uh, and being called to preach. And some of the hardest people that I've been able to try to talk to are those people that are good because they don't feel a need to, um, that they don't feel that need for Jesus. Cause like, well, man, I'm good. I do this. I do that. But yet you see the people that are broken. I um, mean, we're all broken, but you see those that are, that are really broken and down and out and uh, like a homeless shelter. That's one of the places that you'll see people the, the most broken down. Um, but yet they can be some of the most humblest people you'll ever meet. Yeah. Right, so, 
All right. Now tell us about um, the ministry that you are uh, doing on Instagram and these different platforms. Because uh, like I said, man, earlier, your videos, they're awesome. They, they're good quality. Uh, they have a great message to them. Um, they just, they flow very well. Graphics, music, everything is awesome on them, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's definitely been a blessing. Um, so in 2018, I started a career of um, <clears throat> video production. I was making music before then, like digitally. And I started working with this gentleman and uh, we just started collabing together. We moved in together and he's like, man, I want to make a visual to every song we make. So that's what started that journey. I started recording him on a cell phone and then it just progressed. And, uh, you know, up until I started using it to shine the light of the kingdom, um, I had done a lot of stuff, man. I've been, done a lot of work. Um, I had a lot of unique content that you don't see every day. And Man, I was posting it and I was like, I'm going to, might as well. And, uh, you know, it never got any real publicity. Nobody was really paying attention. And, um, you know, it's just a testimony to myself that, you know, when I look back, this isn't nothing that I've done. This isn't nothing that I can brag or boast about because I remember um, the results of, of my labor. So uh, when I had this uh, last surrender with the Lord, man, he, he just told me, like, tell the world what I've done for you. And uh, I made I made a video. It wasn't it wasn't even just making a video. It was more having something to make. Um, when I look back, it was like the Lord would fill my mind with the vision. And I'm talking where it was shot, how it was shot, the angles, um, what it said, what's being shown. I would see it so clearly and it, it wouldn't be nothing for me to just go out set up a camera and make it um and then to see the the harvest that came afterwards it was just like it's been the most rewarding thing that that i've I've done and uh probably the number one thing that i pursue in my day-to-day -day life um it's it's definitely been a journey uh, so whenever i seen the impact of getting vulnerable and and sharing where I was in darkness and, and how it changed uh, from the light that Christ has put inside of me um, and just being set free from the things that tormented me my whole life without him. Um, I guess it's been the real motivator behind what I do to see other people freed from bondage and uh, just let people know that they're in Christ is the way. Is the way the truth in the life. Absolutely. And uh, it's kind of wild. Like I was just in the middle of the night scrolling through uh, Instagram and get over on those reels. And, and it's just one thing after another and yours popped up and man, I just, I stuck on it. The other is like, you know, I just scrolled through and it's just, I don't know how they do that algorithm it's just random because it'd yeah. be basketball videos and then it'll be workout videos and then the next thing i know bam yours is up there and i'm like none of these things are connected but i stopped on yours i watched it i listened to it then i went to your page and i started just scrolling through and watching these videos and listening and um one of them that was was really powerful uh, uh i think uh 
in the video, you were talking about uh, the first suicide letter that you wrote. And I think you posted that like back on February 24th or something like that. I mean, it's just, it's so powerful. It's raw. It's honest. It's real. Um, tell us about how that video, uh, you know, what, what was that um, like when God was saying, Hey, I, I want you to be honest about this. I want you to share that experience. Uh, yeah, it's been about a year, a little over a year ago. Um, I'm trying to replay it in my mind what led up to that moment. Um, so, you know, it was easy for me to starting out, just say, you know, making videos about like God is good, you know, God's powerful. But when I started relating it to my life, there was a lot of fear that came through it because um never really had anybody to talk to about my problems in life or things that I had faced. It was just like, it never happened. You got over it. So the first video I made like that was, uh, it was just real short. And I remember I was sitting on the back of my grandma's porch, letting my dog out and it was 1030 in the morning. And he was like, the Lord was just like, say, uh, Jesus set me free from drug addiction, porn and masturbation. And it was literally like a 14 second video. <laughs> and I was nervous, man. I was so nervous to yeah. be vulnerable like that. And then like, you know, almost 2 million people saw that video and I'd never experienced any kind of uh, result like that. So um, it gave me a lot of confidence and, and showed me the power, you know, just reading all the comments and, and being able to pour into people. And at that time, uh, Messenger was open to anyone on TikTok. So I had people messaging me and just the sense of purpose that it birthed within me uh, put a hunger in my soul to keep doing it. And I would I would wake up every morning and, and the first thing I would do, would pray, I'd pray to the Lord. Like, Lord, if you got something for me to say today, I pray that you just put it on my heart. I would just sit and meditate on that. Sometimes something would come. Sometimes I wouldn't, but the day that I made that video, uh, and it's that trail too, man. Something about that trail uh, where I shot the video. I, I believe that day it came to me on the trail and uh, no, no, it didn't because I had prepared for it. I brought pictures with me <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that's just the foundation of, of how the videos come. It's just a, a word that comes to me, whether it's a personal experience or just um, truth that's backed by scripture. You know, I would never know what was going to come from it. Um, I think my most viewed video, I remember the day that I made that, I just woke up from a nap you know, where, I'm, where I'm on the bridge, talking about how I almost jumped off of it one day. Mm-hmm. And the Lord told me, like, it's time to go make a video. So I was headed to that trail, and to the left of that trail is that bridge. And it was like, on the way down the street, it was like, turn left. So I park at this little bike trail and then the word just came to me, man. And, you know, I started crying and I could feel the spirit dwelling up in me and I got outside and the wind was just blowing crazy and I set my camera up and I'm like, I can't make this video. The the wind's nuts. And I got back in my car, I'm headed down the street and it was like on my heart, like get a hair tie. (laughs) So I got my hair tie put up and, you know, it was just a normal average day for me. And I made that video and then it just like set off a shockwave, man. 
And now my normal day turned into 30,000 people messaging me in my inbox. And that was extremely overwhelming because I'm sure, you know, probably 90% of the messages were people who were struggling with thinking about killing themselves. And it's like, what do you say? How do you respond? That, that, would that be was a very a heavy burden because uh, it fueled me a lot, but uh, it was like I kind of shut down to you. Uh, and, and then the weight of all that on you and, and these people are coming to you. Uh, you you're just trying to be a willing vessel. Yeah. And it's, it's still the same process, man. Um, the more that my understanding develops, the more uh, I understand what happened to me uh, as far as my encounter with the Lord and, and how to walk in it and, and not be pulled away from the distractions of the world. Um, it's definitely a, a daily grind and a daily struggle, but also a, my fiance is walking in the door. <laughs> I know there was another video that I watched of yours um, and it talked about how, and this is one that I really related to, uh, you know, you said I used to be the life of the party and it popped up on the screen. It had 14 years of addiction. Um, and like, because I mean, I was the life of the party uh, when I was growing up and, and I struggled with um, uh, drinking alcohol from the age of 14 to 21 so uh, it's kind of funny. It's like I got legal age. I was like, no, nah, I'm done with it. Um, but I actually prayed to the Lord and said, you know, please remove this desire from my heart. And, you know, I mean, where I'm from, I mean, dude, if, you, if you're sick, they would make a thing of hot toddy, which is, you know, I could either like moonshine and honey and lemon juice or something like that or, or, you know, whiskey and lemon juice and honey to cut a cold. If I try to take one of those to this day, I will gag because the Lord literally did remove that desire from me. And, and just the smell of alcohol makes me sick today. Um, so when I saw that, I was like, man, th this guy is is breaking down barriers and destroying addiction. And you're using the word of God in your videos to demonstrate how that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, dude, it's, it, it's encouraging to, to see that, um, that, that openness. Um, like you said, I mean, your, your inbox gets flooded with people, uh, messaging you about the things, um, that the Lord's laid on your heart, the content that he wants you to put out there and, and you're making a difference. I want you to know that you are truly making a difference, uh, in people's lives and in this world. Um, and before we started recording, we were talking about how, thanks to the internet, we can reach people all across um, this globe that we would never have the opportunity to reach any other way. Uh, so I want to encourage you, man. Keep doing it. Um, you're doing an amazing job at it. Thanks, man. Um, so we've talked about the videos and things. Um Let's go a little bit more into kind of what um, kind of what I started the podcast for was talking about the church and things. Um, so what's your honest opinion of today's church? 
Um, I think that tradition still has a big stronghold on people Mm -hmm. um, and the lack of truly seeking to be led by the spirit and and understanding what it's like to be led by the spirit and to uh, not be bound and stricken to the desires of the body, but to deny the body. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we know when we do that and we know when, when we don't, you know, I think a lot of people in church are are just looking for the feeling of they're doing something right, they're where they need to be, and and they're okay. Um, and it's really another lack of understanding. Uh, I was just telling my fiance the other day that, and and my buddy John over here, the Lord was revealing to me like you'll know when my leaders are rising up in a church because they'll come to church with a pen and paper. Um, and my pastor that leads the ministry was talking about, you know, the tickle me Elmo Christians (laughs) who are are seeking, you know, just to have a good feeling. And I think it's that good feeling that leads us to believe that we're okay. And I'm not saying we're not okay, but when it comes to uh, fulfilling the agenda of, of the Holy spirit working in us, man, it's, it's a constant pursuit uh, of obedience and denial. So, I don't see a lot of that. I don't believe. I believe there's a lot of rugs that are lifted up and sin is just swept underneath the rug and it's not actually dealt with. Um, so I, I believe you are, you're spot on with that. Um, so what do you think it's going to take uh, to change that, to break that tradition? That's kind of a loaded question. I'm, I'm trying to answer this question on behalf of myself and not what I perceive of other people because I deal with it too. You know, I can't say that I'm spirit filled and spirit walking all the time. It's something I literally have to you know, tell this body to stop, stop moving, mm-hmm. stop thinking about everything else and tune in. And uh, I, I, especially recently uh, when I was in the heart of, you know, my content creation and where, you know, really powerful words were coming through me. That was my pursuit of the day. And as my business is kind of taking off and uh, there's a lot more distractions in my life, uh, I found that I've, I've slipped away from that a lot and I've experienced the consequence of it. But um, it's something that recently is, you know, that fire is being rekindled um, because of the effort that I put in. Uh, even if it's just taking a second to, pray for 30 seconds man they just take a break so i think i think it's gonna require leadership i think it's gonna require leadership um to lead the sheep you know to expect everyone to just get it whenever they don't realize they don't got it Uh, we can't expect that of them and and i think it would take the leader getting really close to the light to be able to disciple people so I believe, I guess, now that I say that, I think it's it's in the hands of the people who understand it right now to rise up and to lead the sheep and not to put them at fault, but to understand that their blood might be on our hands. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we need leaders that have backbones now, like you said, that, that have the understanding that um, are willing to 
stand up no matter what the consequences may be. Um, Because when we look at these other countries uh, and they legitimately have underground secret churches, but yet you can go out here in the middle of the town where I'm living, the town where you're living. And I bet you within a two mile radius, you can probably count at least 15 churches. Um, And and, I mean, they're, they're all the time just popping up left and right. Uh, There was an ongoing joke around here that uh, on every corner, there's a church and on the opposite corner, there's a liquor store. Uh, and, and that is true in America. Um, I believe uh, Americanized church is, is I don't like using this word, but I believe it's weak. Uh, our faith is not as strong uh, as it used to be. And I believe we are far from uh, where the original church that Jesus was setting up, we've gotten so far away from that. Um, so, what do you think as Christians in the church um, is the biggest thing that we fail at? Hmm. See, I'm not, I'm not sure because like, I realize like this is something that I've been born into. Like I haven't watched this whole problem unfold this is a result of you know who knows what and who knows how long who knows what the intentions were all I know is that I've been born in the middle of it I'm starting to see it and I'm starting to see that uh, I've been called to do something about it so I don't know where to pinpoint the fall I'm not too sure that any of us were even here to witness it We're 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 still riding the wave from whatever got dropped in the ocean. <laughs> it's time to jump off the surfboard and make a new splash. One thing that leads me to this question is something that my dad told me um, because I feel like I'm a very old soul. Um, I would complain growing up and. It's like, man, dad, I wish I was like you. I wish I was born in the the 40s and, you know, was a teenager and grew up in the 50s because things were just so much simpler. And and I'm I'm a simple man. I like things that are simple Uh, when when I'm praying for an answer. I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm just some old uh, redneck backwoods hit country boy. You're going to have to slap me in the face with it kind of thing. But my dad said, did you ever think that you were born with that soul? And the time frame that God allowed you to be born in for you to make that same difference. So I feel like we connect on that because you were born when you were born into it. Like you said, you know, neither one of us had anything to do with the issues that started, but we were placed on this earth when we were placed for a divine purpose and a divine time. And it's our time to rise up and it's our time to be those leaders. Um, So I think you kind of, you hit around with the problem is that in the earlier question, you said we need leadership. I think they need more people like you to stand up. Um, They need more people like you to come out and be honest about the things. Cause I mean, churches, they kind of hit around on addiction, but they don't really, dive into it. Um, churches tiptoe around mental health problems. Uh, and that's something that, that I have a huge issue with is the fact that 
nobody wants to address mental health issues. Uh, it's taboo. We got to talk about those things, man. As yeah. a church, you really need to be there for people that are going through a chemical imbalance in their brain. I mean, that, that's what it boils down to. It, it's not their fault. Uh, there's just a chemical imbalance. Um, so I think you pretty much answered this last question with your last answer with leadership. Um, I mean, you know, the Bible says that the believers, you know, we're to be in this world, but we're not to be of this world. Um, so the church, what can they do to make sure that they're reaching the world, but at the same time being a little different? Um, I think it's, uh, you know, when I think in terms of a leader, um, you have to have a direction of, of where to go. And the, the deeper you can get in your relationship with God and truly be being led by, by his spirit of truth, and there's no going against the truth. And I think a lot of leaders in the church, um, when we beat around the bush about certain things, it's we're trying to avoid uh, offending people. Come on, brother. Come on. But if you're speaking the truth, it's the truth that sets people free. And nobody's going to be offended from that. They'll rejoice. So I think uh, holding your tongue until you have the truth is important. And not just talk about an issue because you see the issue. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Spot on, man. Spot on. Um. So last question of the, I guess you could say regular part of the interview. Uh, what can we as Christians do to not be a stumbling block for those that we profess to want to reach? Um, I would say one thing is to not act out of obedience, you know, Again, it all really falls on being equipped, being prepared, and, and being close um, to not be a stumbling block. And there's so many things that can cause somebody to stumble, but mm-hmm. I think being real and authentic, being an open book, because if you paint a picture in somebody's mind that you're perfect and you got it together and they see you stumble, now you're the stumbling block, but if you lay it all out on the table and, and you know, everyone can see it, like, like I'm still in this thing too. I'm still learning. I'm still being perfected. I'm still understanding, you know, this journey of sanctification is, I'm not there yet, but I know it's there and I know it's something to press towards and just be real and relatable on your experience and not just uh, things that you've heard. Like in my experience, that's what touches people the most. Whenever I speak about things that I've experienced and I know it to be true mm-hmm. versus what I've heard my grandpa say or this preacher say, um, it, it holds a lot of weight. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Walk, walk in your line, man. Walk in, stay in your lane. Exactly. exactly. If you go trying to get in somebody else's lane, they're going to stumble over you. Uh-huh. You're going to cause an accident. You ain't out there to trip them. Hope we got to lead by example. Be the light. Shine the light that's been placed within you. Yes, sir. I see it like this, man. I see it like uh, electricity. 
And, you know, the electricity that flows through the current in this house is always the same. But the light that illuminates out of it is going to change based off of what light bulb you screw into the outlet. Bingo. That's how I see the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. When we when we turn our light on, it illuminates differently. But, you know, if my man's over here in the dark and I come up beside him, I'm like, hey, man, I got light. Boom. Now we both see. And uh, you can lead them to find their light. I like that analogy. Uh, I'm, I'm going to end up stealing that and using that in the next sermon. Uh, yeah, like what, what kind of light bulb you got screwed in? You got a 30 watt mm-hmm. in or you got a 100 watt light bulb in? How is bright it is it shine? <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, now we're into a, a section that I, I'm a big NASCAR fan. So I renamed it Green White Checkered. Um, I mean, where I've been, we're fixing to go through a, a process. So I don't have all my NASCAR stuff in the background behind me like I usually do. But uh, so these these are quick questions. Uh, they're kind of on the fly, off the hip kind of thing. Uh, I ask all my guests this. Uh, so uh, these three questions. What is your favorite Bible verse and why? Um, Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, for I know the plans I have for you to prosper you, keep you out of harm's way and give you hope in the future. And uh, it's just a reminder to me that um, it's not my will. It's not my understanding. It's something that I'm to seek and find and, and to trust that when I'm walking in according to his will for my life, that I'm going to be catered to in all areas, you know, my heart's desires. Good deal. And, and I find evidence of that. Amen. All right. Uh, what is uh, or what do you see your goal for the next three years? Um, I don't, I, I used to be heavy into like, you know, the goal projection and setting goals and predicting the future, but uh, I've really just let go of that. Um, you know, the Lord says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Um, so I would have to say that, you know, if I'm still here in three years to just be closer to the Lord, man, and to, uh, be further away from my will. Absolutely. All right. Checker flag. Last question. What's your favorite restaurant and the favorite dish that you order there? Uh, let's see. My favorite restaurant. <laughs> I would say right now it would be Olive Garden and I'd eat spaghetti. <laughs> and Olive Garden. That's some good stuff, man. That all you can eat salad and breadsticks. Oh, man. Yeah. You can't see beat I- it. I, I stopped eating animals. Um, I didn't eat animals for about three years. And then I, I ate some fish and then went nuts on the steak. <laughs> and I went nuts on the steak, man. <laughs> so I've kind of separated from that again. And, and, you know, when you don't eat meat, there's not a whole lot of options at restaurants. So when I do go out to eat, it's like, let me get some of that spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So anybody that's listening, uh, we're going to get some information for you in just a minute uh, from Dre. And that way you'll be able to connect with him and know where to send some Olive Garden gift cards to here in just a little bit. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, Dre, again, thanks, man, for uh, being uh, a part of this episode. Thanks for taking time out to be on Behind the Desk with JK. Uh, I love the viewpoint that you bring 
uh, from behind your desk, so to speak. Uh, it's very genuine and very honest and raw. And, and that's what our people need to hear. Now, how can they reach you? What all platforms can they follow you on? How can they uh, connect with you and, hey, hopefully send you at least one or two Olive Garden gift cards? So I would say the best way for people to contact me would be on Instagram, uh, Instagram Messenger. And that's at Dre Day Ministries, D-R-A-Y-D-A-Y Ministry. Um, I'm on TikTok. Uh, have you seen my TikTok? I actually don't have TikTok. Um, okay. I, I used to have, you know, Snapchat and all that stuff. And uh, if it wasn't for the church, I think I would have completely deleted Facebook. Uh, but uh, now that I have uh, this podcast, you know, I've gotten kind of more into social media. But TikTok is not one I've uh, dove into. But yet my 50 some year old brother sends me TikTok videos. Uh, so I'm guessing if he has it, maybe that's a sign I need to get it. I would check it out, man. There's definitely a lot of, uh, you know, worldly things on there. But, you know, if you search up some good Christian content, the algorithm will pick you up. And there's a lot of people using the platform to the shine the light that's in them. And that's originally where I started my ministry was TikTok. And I just figured I'd start posting on Instagram, too. Uh, so all the videos you see on Instagram were originally made for TikTok. Okay. But I would say as far as like organic reach goes, man, uh, I think in a year I went from, like I said, I was posting videos every day of the stuff that I had made years ago. And when, you know, the Lord prospered it, it went from a thousand followers to 436,000 <laughs> in a year. So, and, and when you think of the magnitude of the lives that I've heard the message and it's just mind blowing, man. So are you, um, are you Dre day ministry on TikTok as well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. Perfect, man. I will make sure that I put, uh, links to all this stuff, uh, in the description for this podcast. That way people will be able to hopefully just click it and you'll be one link away from reaching out to you and, and uh, getting a couple more followers. Cool, man. Uh, I definitely appreciate the opportunity, Josh. Uh, throughout this journey, I've had you know numerous people reach out to me, want me to do something similar to this, and I never did it. And like I said, this this uh, season I'm in of just rehumbling myself and and getting closer to the Lord and putting the numbers aside, and because you know that's easy to take a hold of you, especially if you've never experienced it before. And I experienced that, you know, getting wrapped up in the the clout. Um, which I would, you know, I pulled away for a minute. I didn't really create content because I knew that my heart wasn't in it for the right reason. It, it holds no weight. Right. And I, I can feel gradually uh, just the vision and, and the drive and the reason and the purpose coming back. And uh, so when you reached out to me, you know, I felt the spirit move on me and say, you know, it's, it's time to go a little unscripted and, be on this man's show so dude I, I truly do appreciate it man I, and i love how the lord's in it because it was totally organic uh we don't know each other from adam but yet like you said you were, uh, i didn't you were read your questions <laughs> 30 seconds before the video <laughs> well that that was my fault for it not saving to where you could use it um but man i i do appreciate you dude and and i, I love it whenever uh, god's plan comes together 
Yeah. Yeah, man. And I'll definitely keep you in my prayers and just that the, the Lord will take your reach far and wide, man, because I know you, you've got a heart that's willing and, and I see that you got passion for it. And that's what it's about, man. Rising up to be a, a soldier for the kingdom. Yes, sir. You mind if I pray for us real quick? Absolutely. Man. Go ahead. Dear Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for the opportunity of fellowship that we've had together. We ask that you would anoint this episode, that you would allow it to reach people and make a difference in their lives. I lift up Dre to you and ask that you would just continue to uh, just prosper his uh, ministry, not for his glory, but for your glory. Uh, he mentioned his fiance. So father, I just ask that you would uh, go before them and prepare their lives together and that they would realize that the marriage is not between just two, but three, because they have to keep you in the middle. Uh, Lord, I just ask that uh, your blessing would just be overflowing on uh, his ministry and also even on this podcast. And Lord, we'd be drinking out of our saucers because we can't hold all the blessings that you poured out on us. We love you and we thank you. But most of all, we thank you for Jesus for it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, folks, thank you so much for joining in on behind the desk with JK. Uh, reach out to my man Dre here and give him some love, give him some shares, some likes, comments, uh, do the same for the podcast. And uh, as I always close out, take care. God bless. I love you. But never forget that Jesus Christ loves you more. If you've enjoyed this episode of Behind the Desk with JK, please consider giving it a five-star review. The more reviews and the higher the review is, the more this podcast will be featured on the podcast apps. Also, be sure to click the like and subscribe buttons on YouTube if you're watching. And if you're listening on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, RSS.com, Anchor.fm, or any other platforms, give it a like and a follow as well. Go on to Facebook and Instagram and give me a like and follow too. Simply search for Behind the Desk with JK. If you have any questions, have any potential guests, or if you would want to be a guest on the show, you can send an email to btd with jk at gmail.com. Until next time, take care and God bless.